Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Previously in a new winter. Hello, I spoke gently as if approaching a small bird. Are you okay? And as I looked closely, I realised the man looked familiar, very familiar. He slowly sat up, coughed, and looked me dead in the eye, void of emotion. And there in front of me sat Mr. Tooley. This is episode 38 of A New Winter. Mr. Tooley, it's you. I quickly wheeled over closer to him and studied his face, just to make sure. He shoved me away and let out another wet cough. What little energy he had left, contracting every skinny muscle with each sharp sound. Get away from me, he said. Always all of you, coming up bothering me. But do you remember me? I saw you die. I saw you get shot. Oh, you did, did you? Shot this time, eh? He asked as he scratched a sore scab on his arm. What's happening here? I looked around, as if the explanation was just hovering in this room somewhere. Look, you think you know me, but you don't. I've been here long as I can remember, and I've never been shot. This doesn't make any sense, you look exactly like him. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there are some differences. You look older, but it's you. It has to be. The man rubbed his face in annoyance and in a very direct manner turned to me and said, You know where you are, don't you, huh? It's the bloody loony bin. You've gone mental, is what's happened. All girt and daisy and whatnot. Well, I was in the tower and I, I met Bob and... Well, now I'm here and I... Listen, he interrupted. I don't care. Just stay away from me, all right? I mean it. Or so help me, I'll cut you. I'll fucking cut your tongue out and I'll swallow it. You hear me? I wheeled myself back. Yeah, I think I got it. Tooley, or the man who looked like Tooley, grumbled and curled back up on the sofa. Well, so much for making friends. I looked at the other patients. None looked approachable and for a second, the actuality of what was happening hit me. I was stuck. I was stuck and had no idea what to do. I started getting upset and slightly frantic, and the fact I couldn't use my legs made me feel even more helpless. It was clear to me that no matter how much this was dressed up as a hospital, it was a prison. They wanted something from me, 
or they wanted to use me somehow. But I had to focus on finding out what I was doing there. Why? And more importantly, how I can escape. It was clear that I wasn't going to get anywhere fast without any help. I had no money, only influence or advantage over anyone here that meant anyone would help me. Either had to be out of the kindness of their own heart, making friends maybe, or, well, finding out what they want from me and using it as a bargaining chip. I decided I didn't want to try and make any more friends that day. Instead, I would act calm, sated, appear like I've accepted whatever reality is laid in front of me, except that it's normal. I studied the room, but it really was a box. There was nothing here that could serve as a means of escape, just a set of double doors, which were guarded. Just then, one of the other patients, a slim man with what looked like burn scars across his face, started making high-pitched squeals that cut through the rest of the noise. Two of his fingers were stuck in his mouth, and just then, I saw blood streaming down his chin, and when he opened his mouth to let an almighty cry, I could see his two fingers were half-severed, flailing around loosely attached to his hand. The guards ran over, and instead of helping, one of them grabbed the poor man's arm and started waving his hand around. Look at this, he shouted excitedly to the other. Look what he's done, the psycho. Careful, everyone said. No knowing what he could do, you know what these lot are like. Pfft, the first guard said. He's just a husk. Ain't nothing left in there. And he pushed the man's head. See? Guess we better get you seen too anyway, so the doc don't get angry. The poor man was mumbling into his disfigured hand, seemingly unaware of what he'd done to his fingers, nor the immense pain he must be going through. He was timidly let out the double doors by the first guard. And that was it. No other reactions. No shock. The patients just went back to whatever they were doing before. I wonder what would become of me here. I wheeled to a spacious part of the room, my back up against the wall, so there'd be no surprise attacks from a patient. And I started planning. It wasn't long until the nurse came back in and came up to me. Time to see the doctor, she said. Finally, I sighed. The nurse pushed me out of the room, away from those horrid sounds, and down a series of corridors, again with no windows. Are we underground? I asked, sensing something strangely familiar. The nurse didn't answer. Instead, she started singing very quietly to herself, as if her mind was wandering. She's ignoring me, I thought. Then we got to a door, which had no name, no room number, just a simple door. And the nurse knocked. Dr Carver? Come in, Carver shouted from inside. The nurse opened the door and wheeled me in. It was a small room, much smaller than the one that I'd visited him in before. Quite the change of scene. Bit of a downgrade, isn't it? I said. Dr Carver looked confused. Sorry? From the last time we met, remember? Dr Carver turned his chair to face me. He stared at me intently studying me very closely. What do you remember? he asked. You know, when I came to see you, it wasn't that long ago. And you remember me? Seeing me? We talked? Carver asked, seemingly astonished. Yes, that, sorry, what's going on? Hmm, interesting. Let me ask you a few simple questions. Could you tell me, uh, what year is it? Uh, 2000. 
Hmm. And do you know how you fell? Not really. I had some sort of experience. Were you in danger? No. Well, yes, I I was being chased. We were being chased. Ah, and who is we? He asked. Kate, a friend who had... My head started to hurt. Sorry, I... No, no, quite all right, quite all right. Have you spoken to anyone here yet about any of this? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Good, 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 the doctor said. Let's keep it between ourselves, eh? Doctor-patient confidentiality. I don't think it's a good idea to discuss this with anyone, even staff. Um, okay, okay. And have you had any visions or hallucinations, he asked. Yes, yes, actually, a few. Go on. He was hanging on my every word. He seemed to know so much before, but now I just got the feeling that something had changed. When I had visions of a, of a family, my family, I think. Also, two boys, both of whom were me. And they were definitely visions, he asked. Yes, I answered. Well, I mean, I, I guess so. Please continue. Um, okay, what else? Uh, there was a girl, Sandra. Um, I was told that she was my my daughter, but that can't be right. Who told you? Um, someone, someone called Robert. Dr. Carver's mood shifted. I could see a slight nervousness. And you met this Robert. Y- yeah, I did, yes, just, just before I fell. Hmm. Tell me, he said. Did he say anything to you? Maybe he was discussing a, a mission. About any kind of orders you were to carry out. Did he mention me by name? Anything like that? My head started to thump. Uh, well, he, he wanted me to... I have to get this right. He wanted me to take someone's place. To, to lead some kind of... What was it? Was it war or something. To join their side. Dr. Carver was almost visibly shaking. And and again, did he did he mention my name at all? Did he mention what we do here? I, I don't even know what it is that you do here, I said. <laughs> Carver smirked and rubbed his eyes. Okay. Have you seen this Robert since? Have you had any visions since you've been here? No. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, okay, well... Well, that's enough for today, I think. You should go back. Nurse? The door suddenly whipped open, and the nurse came in and started wheeling me up before I knew it. Hey, wait a second. I I have some questions too, you know. They will have to wait, I'm afraid. Uh, There's a lot to do here. Goodbye. And with that, I was wheeled out of the room, against my own control, and back down the corridor. I was angry and frustrated, and the fact that I was being wheeled around didn't help matters. Where are we going? I asked. Back to your room. It's time for you to rest. Okay, and what exactly is the time? Oh, don't worry about that. We're almost there now. I gave up. This woman was completely intolerable. As I was placed back into my bed, I decided I'd just rest, absorb as much information as I could, and just concentrate on getting my legs working, if that was even at all possible. I was swinging between the anxiety of needing to be free immediately to the hopelessness of my situation, counting my blessings and just putting up with it, I guess. It was exhausting, 
but I just couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong here, that somehow, somehow I'd stumbled into some new terror, that this place was, was more than it seemed. It was clearly not just some hospital. These weren't ordinary patients either. The old man, the, the Mr. Tooley lookalike. It had to be more than a coincidence. I had to be careful and plan my steps accordingly. But for tonight, or what I presumed was night, I just needed to sleep. And I did sleep for what felt like an hour or so, until I heard some kind of commotion from outside my room. There were footsteps that were running, then some kind of mumbling and some muffled shouting until, bang, shot had just been fired. I quickly looked around. There was nowhere to hide apart from under the bed. I threw myself onto the floor, injuring my hip in the process, and was able to drag myself under the bed. Then there were more gunshots, closer this time, much closer. Then I could hear the lock of my door turn. I waited for someone to open the door, but nothing happened. Instead, I heard the jangling of keys from down the corridor, and people were starting to shout. More locks were being turned by the sounds of it. I dragged myself to my chair. I had to know what was happening. As I started to climb up into my wheelchair, I heard something awful. It was the sound of machine gun fire, that rat-a-tat-tat, and with it screams and shouts until, what was most horrific of all, silence. I didn't dare move a muscle. I waited for it to be completely silent for a couple of minutes, which felt like a lifetime. And then I carried on climbing up into my chair, Once I'd finally settled, I went to open the door to find that it had indeed been unlocked. I wheeled out very slowly, carefully checking my surroundings and making sure no one was around. I looked down the corridor, saw a sea of open doors. Someone had clearly gone down the hall, opening all the doors, unlocking them for everyone to escape. I wasn't sure if that was a good or bad thing. I slowly wheeled myself down the hall, looked into the first room. As I turned and looked in, nothing. It was empty. Then I went into the next room. That was empty as well. Then as I went further, I noticed that they were all empty. People had clearly been staying there, but whomever they were, they'd gone. I carefully kept going until I saw something appear from the corner at the end of the hallway. It was an arm. Then two arms. I stopped in my tracks and saw they now stopped moving. Who was it? I approached closer and closer, and as I got near to the turning, I was filled with absolute horror. I felt sick to my stomach as I turned into the corridor and saw what lay before me. It wasn't just a bloody massacre of 20 to 30 people, all shot up, lying in pools of blood. It wasn't the fact that their guts were hanging out, but they'd all been brutally murdered. The real shock was that they were all me. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.